Welcome to Truth and Lending, America's coolest, hippest mortgage and real estate news podcast. For over three years, millions of Americans have gotten to ignore that pesky bill from student loans, but Uncle Sam is knocking on the door in October. Uh, today, we're going to dive into all things student loans and how Janine White with My Loan Sense can help your clients despite the lingering student loans. Today is August 9th, 2023. Welcome to Truth and Lending. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome, Janine. Uh, where are you visiting or joining us from, too? I'm trying to remember what state you're in. Oh, I'm in Colorado. Colorado. Okay, yes, perfect. So yeah. we're on the Pacific Coast time. So give us a little bit about who you are, your background, and um, what led you to My Loan Sense. Absolutely. So thanks first for inviting me today. I cannot wait to share this message with everybody. Um, my name is Janine White. I'm the lender account manager here at Loan Sense. I actually have been in the mortgage industry for 33 years. Um, I started programming for Fleet Mortgage, their very first pricing engine. I moved into the processing and then a wholesale account executive um, for Bank of America till the implosion of 2007. <laughs> and then I had to reinvent myself and I ended up going into operations um, and underwriting. So I actually uh, was a SASE coordinator and I actually underwrote for Loan Depot as a All jumbo, right. four, yeah, as a jumbo level four uh, wholesale underwriter. And I loved it. So yeah. I love hearing people <laughs> when, that. Um, when I decided you know, to, to move forward in the career wanting to stay in the industry, but wanting to truly, truly help people, that's what led me to Loan Sense. Um, I met with the co-founder and found out how we could actually help not only our consumers, but we can help our loan officers and our lenders close more loans while helping people get financial security. So that's really what drove me here was the excitement to actually help somebody and see it. Yeah, um, I, think I think that's what I really loved about just getting to understand this product. So it was my loan sense was brought up to me actually by a realtor that had mentioned, um, is this something that you have? There's this student loan repayment. Like do, do people understand what that means or how that works? And I was like, what are we talking about here? Like, so <laughs> I, my experience in student loan repayment is it's just so complicated and trying to explain to someone how to get the process started is just really overwhelming. So how many repayment plans are there? I mean, can you give us some, yeah, some background on that? Absolutely, yeah. So there are several. So just under the IDR, the Income Driven Repayment Plan bubble, there are four just for direct subsidized loans. Then if you have FFEL loans, that's another product and they have three others. Then if you have Parent Plus loans, they have two others. And there's another whole PSLX. So it, you are absolutely right. It becomes very complicated. Um, why is it so complicated? <laughs> ah, that's such a good question. Well, and it's <laughs> due to the fact that they are federally backed loans. Um, the DOE does back these loans. They've been uh, these loans have been in existence. These income driven plans since 2007. So they've been completely funded since then. And the servicers they handle just as really the direct subsidized loans in the beginning. They can't um apply a borrower cannot call a nail net and say i want to be on an idr plan they won't do that for them they'll direct them to studentaid.gov studentaid.gov and i love talking to loan officers and to realtors and people in our industry about this because it looks like a matrix 
of a loan program or overlays. So they have to go into each of these programs to see if they qualify. And then the onus mm -hmm. is on the borrower. And then they have to fill out the documentation. Um, unfortunately, 83% of them get denials. Hmm. Um, yeah. And that's what we're here for. We're going to take out that complication and that that time that's going to take that, you know, it's a it's time consuming to go through all of those guidelines. And that's what we're going to do for people. We're sort of like, in a, in a way, this is kind of corny, but I'm going to say <laughs> we are like the turbo tax of student loans. These are uh -huh. required to be filed annually. So we are here to take away all that complication for people. For sure. Ah, interesting. Is, uh, so you, it's government -backed. with student loans. You have to do you have to do that annually, like a review annually. Yes, that's one of the reasons why our GSEs are accepting it. Fannie Mae has already clarified their position. Um, it is posted within their articles, and uh, Freddie Mac is also uh, clear clarified their position. But they're actually going to be clarifying it a little more. Um, yeah, they will. They will be required annually, like federal tax returns. So it actually, the GSEs are accepting the IDRs because they do not create payment shock due to the way that the, the calculations are done. So, and just like an IRS tax return as a lender, we, you know, we're going to take your schedule, see your 1120, whatever that income is, and we're not going to have you re recertify that the following year because it is required by the federal government to be filed each year. IDR programs are federally backed and have to be filed each year. And the debt- and IDRs are, are income-driven repayment yes, plans. Yes, sorry about what that. What does GSE yeah. stand for? Those are your government security entities, like your Freddie and Fannie. They purchase all gotcha. the loans. Yeah, so on uh -huh. the secondary market, they're gonna purchase your loans. And they're the ones that their AUS is there. So they're gonna be the one dictating what documentation your underwriters are going to be able to accept in order for the loan to be purchased. Um, with gotcha. them backing, it's so funny. It's like with us lenders, it's like you're speaking the language that we talk, but it's just different enough that it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a little different. Um, That's perfect. Yeah, so, so, so kind of perfect. recapping, recapping what my loan sense does. It's like you're going to. I even think of it as like a loan officer, right? When you're trying to figure out what is going to be the best payment for you, you're going to talk to my loan sense, then they're going to assign you to a loan officer essentially related to student loans. And they go through all the matrices to see what repayment plan is going to make the most sense to find you the most affordable. Yeah. One, right. That's a, so that's a there's very, very good explanation because um, there's so many different loan programs in mortgage lending. And the same is true. It sounds like for that repayment plan. And so for a loan officer, it's kind of fun that you did this as a tie in for a loan officer. Um, because you get that ability to say, well, I need you to qualify for a home. You want to qualify for it and you're currently not paying much. But if we have to assume that that percentage that of a payment, like how can we best maximize that? Even if it's not maximizing it to qualify for more, it might be maximizing it to um, reduce debt to income ratio. Because if we can get, you know, what, what we're assuming on the debt to be lower then maybe that debt to income ratio um, and mortgage insurance would specifically play into that. So there's kind of a lot of factors that if you can set someone up on a plan that's gonna specifically get them the lowest confirmed monthly student loan payment, <laughs> then they're gonna yes. benefit in a lot of other ways. Um, Absolutely. So, and we'll keep it short. Um, what is your favorite like client story of someone that you've 
personally gone through or helped or absolutely well with loan sunset just to kind of level set what we do for you as a loan officer we will actually um our software will actually help show you what you can reduce that payment by um and it is all automated so it is something that can be done very quickly some of the best stories um and we've recently had two that i i just um one is sad in the sense and i'm going to use this as a public service announcement to everybody on the call um if you have a client that has federal student loan debt on their credit report and there's 15 different trade lines please do not refinance them or consolidate them out of a federal program into a private student loan. The reason why I say this is yeah. the minute that they come out of a federal program, they can never come back in into it. They go private, they can never come back to federal, so they lose all of their interest subsidies, their ability to have forgiveness. So an example of this, this story, we just had a young lady, we are working with a, a lender and we did a CSV analysis for them to reach out to people that they had not been able to help in the last quarter due to DTI or boosted affordability issues. When the CSV. loan officer reached, yes, exactly. When their loan officer reached back out to this person, sadly, she had already been contacted by a private lender. That private lender had convinced her to refinance her loan. Now this person made 350,000 a year, but she had $380,000 in student loan debt. The payment that this woman agreed to with this private lender is $4,075 a month. We took her exact example and put it through our software. If she would have come to us and applied for an income driven plan, we would have reduced her payment to $256 a month and she would have had only three years left to pay on the debt. Yeah, you talk now about being able to qualify. Uh, that's a that's a massive that's massive a difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and monthly payment that affordability is really, you know, what Americans live out. on. <laughs> they don't it, care about exactly. how much in debt you are. It's just how much you can afford monthly, which is yeah. The way and thinking. nowadays, <laughs> with, you know, the rates that you guys are seeing the um, price of homes that you guys are seeing, simply by reducing this student loan monthly debt, you now have combated the rate because you've taken away that almost 50% of that student loan payment. So if you have a millennial that's trying to buy a townhouse, they're on the sideline because they have come October 1st, a payment coming due that they, they know they cannot budget, they can't budget for. So now it's taking away from their down payment. Say they wanted mm. that townhouse, with this student loan debt, they can't afford the HOA. So it puts them mm -hmm. on the sideline. So addressing the student loan debt is huge. The second story is kind of more happy. <laughs> um, a little more scary. <laughs> we met with a young lady. Um, she, unfortunately, it's her first year out of school and um, she's making $42,000 a year. Her and her significant other were trying to buy a home she reached out to Nelnet to find out what that payment would look like come October 1st. She has $200,000 in student loan debt, and they told her it would be almost $1,500 a month. Well, she started crying because, one, that's her rent, and now yeah. she can't sleep for her home. She ended up meeting with us. She was very upset. She was crying. By the end of it, she had such happy tears because we reduced her payment to $198 a month. By simply mm -hmm. taking her from a standard direct federal loan into either a pay as you earn, a repay as you earn, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, and 
um, or like one of the other IDR plans. By simply placing them in the right federal plan, we do not extend their term and we do not increase a rate. It is all based on moving into the correct program that's available for them based on their individual situation. So that was a happy story. Can I hop in? <laughs> she, yeah. she was wonderful. Janine, can, can I hop yeah. in for a second? Uh, what is So is this something that loan officers are paying for or borrowers paying for? Well, it could be both, actually. I can tell you okay. that right now with the student loan consumer experience, it's $249 annually. Our student loan advisors meet with them on a one-on-one. -on -one. They can either meet for 30 minutes to an hour. They can meet multiple times throughout the year if they need help or if their situations change, they lose their job, et cetera. On our lender side, we have a standard dashboard that allows the lender to go in and get a what is called a lead capture link and invite clients. There is no cost to that. We also have a mm -hmm. premium community membership that opens up all kinds of marketing, uh, social media assets, a direct to campaign, uh, a direct to consumer nurturing campaign, email templates, and that's 397 for the year for the loan officer. So we offer a standard with no cost, which gives you the access to invite your clients, use the calculator and the lead capture link, which is huge. Right. Um, we have loan officers using that all over and a lead capture link is literally a widget or a URL that is attached to your NMLS can be used on all your social media. So if you're in a, in a meeting like this today and you had gone and met and did a presentation with realtors, or maybe you've done it with your other part lender partners, or you've done it with a first time home buyer group. You place the lead capture on your social media and put a banner above it that says, do you need help with student loans? The minute that the consumer clicks on it, it attaches to you and your NMLS through our system. They can enter in their federal student loan balances and their income. It will calculate their payment within $5 and ask them if they would like to reach back out to you. They say yes, and you and I receive an email for a new lead. So it's a way to drive business for our loan officers and get this market into your pipeline. So that's, yeah, we and do even offer more, several options. Even more. So it's going to be like an internal platform and I can speak to having used it, right? And you can input it for your clients. So if you have a client yeah. that has that $500,000 student loan bills and you're trying to assume what their payment's going to be, but they're not set up on a payment because it's been a deferment for two years and you don't know what they're paying. They don't know what they're paying. They don't know when it's coming up. <laughs> you can at least run through it and say, here's your income. Here's what I would expect it to be. You can pay the 249 and work with my loan center and they're going to, you know, hold your hand through the process. But what I can speak to with Janine is that they're going to do um, in the closing time frame, they can go and get help you get the letter from the federal uh, student loan that's going to say specifically what that new repayment plan is. And that's going to be the letter that underwriting will accept, which makes a really big difference versus um, just trying to kind of blindly put it as a condition or, or ask your, your client to go out and get it because they're going to take their time. They don't understand the time frames. They don't understand who they need to ask or what they need to go through, but having someone to actually hold their hand and get the exact documentation you need on a, on an urgency is, um, going to, you know, make or break a closing. So for, um, I'm going to go into, Oh, real ahead, quick. Randy. So for people that are, um, using this for borrowers that are using this, for, are they paying just once for the year, or is this a reoccurring every year type thing she for them? She said annual. 
Annual. It's a great, the, yeah, but it's a great question. I can kind of go a little deeper on that. It is the 249 the first time. And usually the reason that we made that cost is due to the fact that we work with many clients that we have to do what they call employment certifications mm -hmm. so that we can get their qualified payments counted so they can have forgiveness after their 10 or 20 year term. So that's what we will do. Now, the following year, their situations could change. So we do have consumer tiered pricing where they, we may only need to do one employer certification. Mm. Um, we may need, they may have gotten married and we may need to do two separate, you know, the husband and the wife may have debt. Um, so the tiered pricing, it could be $97. It could be $49. It could be $249. It will all depend the following year what that student needs. Mm. Okay. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if Ginny and if student loans were a food dish, what would they taste like? Taste like and why? Right now, ooh, bitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> are bitters? Can I say bitters? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wilted spinach. Um, <laughs> you need some whiskey with that bitters. Ooh, yeah, exactly. I mean, we definitely are going to need the whiskey with it for sure. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is. You know, Katie had mentioned, we've been on a deferral for three years, right? So nobody has thought about this debt for three years. Um, I actually have worked with a debt management company recently that had 20,000 people on a debt management plan for the last three years and never included, not even a half a percent or 1% like Fannie and Freddie, the student loan debt into the debt management. That's a scary thing. Hmm. On average, September 1st, so we're less than 26 days away. Um, September 1st, every 45 million students are going to receive a letter from their servicer saying that their payment is due. On average, and this is from very basic information, we're getting more from one of the GSEs currently, um, and it's getting a little scarier, um, but on average, the letter will say they owe $350 on average. Throwing a $350 payment after three years of not having to pay it, a person may have gone out and bought a new car. Maybe they bought a house in the last three years. Now this $350 plays into that payment. One, they are going to have a very difficult time refinancing because their debt ratio now has just increased. One, if they're trying to purchase a home, their savings has just been decreased by $350. So we are really, we are worried about defaults. Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to see those credit reports anymore with just zero payments. And, and, and as an old underwriter, I was like, zero payment, half percent, Fannie, Fred, I mean, Freddie, or FHA, 1%, Fannie, go. I'm done. I'm underwriting. Yeah. It's not going to look like that anymore. Um, the only zeros we're going to see on the credit report are those students that are currently in school or in the normal six-month deferral. All of yeah. the others are going to start seeing your standard loan payments. Um, when you go on our calculator and you put in the average student loan rate for a graduate student right now on bank rate is between 6.74 and 7.99%. If you take $110,000 and you charge them 6.5% on a standard direct loan, their payment is $1,249 a month. That will absolutely affect our industry, not only us as lenders, loan officers, realtors, but it's going to keep people on the sideline for a really long time, especially our millennials. It will delay them anywhere from six to eight years from buying a home. So they're looking in their 40s to buy their first home due to student loan debt. Wow. Are so you, it's just a, it's huge. Are you seeing people prepare for this or does it seem like a lot of people are getting caught off guard? <laughs> 
That is such a good question, Greg. Um, we have our repeat customers. We've currently helped over 7,000 consumers. They are on top of it. I can tell you through multiple conversations, even personal conversations with friends, most have ignored it and it is um, becoming a shock. Mm-hmm. They, they, they are calling service. I feel like I haven't even seen, I haven't even seen like announcements of it being o- October 1st. Like, like it, I had to it, search to say, where, where is that going to be? So if you're not getting that letter in the mail, um, and I, I think I told, I know I told one of you, but the, um, there was a client that said, oh no, my, my loans were sold. Like they're forgiven. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. It doesn't mean that it's forgiven. <laughs> no, no, we're getting, um, we're getting so many people. And then the, there's also the default side we have to consider. Okay. And you just mentioning the fact that it's really not out there and what's coming out there is so confusing. You know, people kept hearing about the politically charged side of the carte blanche of 20,000 forgiveness, and they were waiting for that. Well, that's been denied. That's turned down. Um, so they don't understand that these payments, they are coming back into effect and those that were previous in default. So for the last three years, there was no interest. They were not reporting to credit for defaults and they were not doing it on cavers. Okay. They were holding off Mm -hmm. as a pandemic pause come September 1st, all that goes away. Now, supposedly the DOE has agreed not to put defaults on the credit report for a year. Um, that is not been completely written out yet, but we're waiting to hear that. However, it will be on your cavers. That means that if you try to do an FHA loan, VA loan, you're not going to be able to do that. And usually you have to rehab the loan, which means that loan officer, that lender, and that borrower, and that realtor in some cases have to wait nine months because they have to make nine months payments. There is a program coming out called Fresh Start. Okay, usually when a person is in default, you can only come out of default once in your lifetime. However, because of the pandemic pause, there is a program called Fresh Start starting September 1st. It is a program that will last for one year. So if you come across somebody who is in default with their student loan payments, you, I would want you to reach out to our platform right away because we will take them and we will apply, put them into a Fresh Start program, clear the cavers, and make sure it is nothing on credit saying default, and we will put them into an IDR program immediately. They are not required to make a first payment, uh-huh. second payment, third payment. They will automatically get approved. So it will bring some more people off your sideline. I do want to mention, which will kind of tie back to something Katie had said earlier, we can get that done within a 21-day period. However, that does take longer. So if you have somebody in default, you want to make sure you get us to us right away because it will take that 21 days. In most instances, when they're not in default, we can get that approved payment letter to you within a two-week period. And that would go to you, you, your borrower, and it would be on the dashboard as well. Janine, I, th- I got to thank you so much for your time. I feel like we could go, we could make this an hour and a half podcast and keep going. Know. Uh, you know, I will say this about student loans, and I've been talking about it for months, is that when you borrow money, it's got to be paid back. Right, whether for, for whatever it is, and um, this is going to be a this going to be a rude awakening for a lot of people, and I think you've definitely provided us with a lot of great information, and hopefully the loan officers and realtors listening to the show um, look you up, send some business your way, keep you busy, keep you doing what you're doing. Um, really, thank you for all your time today. 
Um, before we let you go, can you um, give us a best way to contact you, how people can get in touch with you and maybe get a demo? Absolutely. Um, I'll actually, you can reach me. I'm going to give you my email address right here so that way everybody will have it. It is Janine at myloansense.com. So it's G-E-N-E-N-E -E -E at myloansense.com. You can email me. My calendar link will be on there and I will be able to set up a demonstration. I also hold weekly demonstrations every single Tuesday to groups all over the country. Um, and I can do individuals as well because there's so much more information I would love to give you. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Go ahead and hop off the Absolutely. Zoom call and we'll uh, we'll wrap things up. We'll let you know when everything's live and and then you'll be able to share it with uh, uh, with people's in your with folks in your peer group and other loan officers. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had a great time. Yeah. Thanks, Janine. Yeah, thanks, Janine. Thanks, Janine. Thanks, Janine. Bye. Bye. Oh. We're going to play a little Did You Know on student loans. Did you know? <laughs> Did you know? I didn't know. Um, student Did you know that student loans started in 1965 with the Higher Education Act? Of okay. 1965. Okay. Oh, yeah. sorry, Randy. I thought you, thought you froze. Um, so I, I looked at the, the time cost of the um, four-year public college at that time in 1965 it was $358 for one year which in 2021 dollars would be $2,440 so a little bit of a difference <laughs> when they started how much is school now how, how much is it annually would you say I mean if you had now. to guess yeah it was like average okay. state well, I school have the, I have the graph it's like 9300 now per year Oh man, that's not that bad. That's <laughs> not that bad. School. Just like three and a half <laughs> times more. Yeah. Um, not bad. Did you know <laughs> that federally backed student loans cannot be included in bankruptcy? So if you go file bankruptcy because the student loan payments are hurting you, those federally backed student loans, they're there for life. Too bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scary. And, and we are going to see a lot of folks going into bankruptcy in the next year or two. Um, in my opinion, just based on based on uh, credit usage and high interest rates right now, I mean, you know, trying to get a, a stem on inflation, um, you know, then you add in the mix of the student loans. This is, uh, you know, I actually I, I really enjoyed what Janine had to say. Um, Greg and I were uh, having a thumb war over here trying to see who could get in first. Uh, but she's very passionate about um, what she does, and I think there's tremendous value in that for a few bucks, ultimately, in the grand scheme of things. You know, I mean, hearing that person that had $4,000 a month student Oof. loan payment, and, like, that's it. You're done yeah. versus just yeah. a few hundred bucks. That's massive. That wow. is massive. Um, did you know that uh, Fannie qualifies 1% of a student loan balance if there's a zero payment. And I imagine we're going to see some different, we're going to see some changes to this after uh, yeah. October rolls around. Freddie's at half a percent. FHA and USDA are also at half a percent of the payment. And Katie, you put something in the script here about calculating yeah. VA student loans. How does that work? VA student loans is, is a little more unique. It's 5% of the balance divided by 12 months. So it's actually 
one-twelfth of 5% is going to be what you can use as your assumed monthly payment if there's a zero. So do the math really quick. What is one-twelfth of 5%? (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Depends on what 5% is. Yeah. Okay, so can you guys explain to me how this works? So, you know, assume monthly payment, 0.5%. How did... How does, can you explain this to me a little bit better? In layman's yeah. terms? So yes. if I look at a credit report and the combined total of student loans, let's say the balance is $100,000, mm-hmm. 1% of that is $1,000 a month. That's the, the payment that I use for qualifying. If mm-hmm. I go Fannie, if, if I go Freddie. the credit report shows that there's a zero, right. that there's no payment, we have to assume a payment. Right. We can't say, mm-hmm. oh, they actually don't have to make that payment. I see. Yeah. That's where this comes into play. So is that going to change once people are paying their student debts? Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. Were you not listening to Janine at all? I'm just confirming. I will call her back <laughs> right now, Greg, and we will do this. Bring all her back o- in. I, we will do this all over again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a bit. This is going to be big. Um, you know, things are fairly slow in the industry across the board, but uh, I mean, I think this is going to be something that keeps a lot of people busy. And quite honestly, what a great way as a loan officer and a realtor, mm-hmm. Greg. I'm looking at you. Um, I think what a great way to market yourself to those who are thinking about buying that need to get a head start. I mean, you know, so much of, of my book of business are people, first time buyers, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes I work for them for 60 yeah. days, six months, two years before they buy their first house. And I will say this about the millennial generation is they tend to be more prepared and forward thinking than we give them credit for. Well, nobody's really talking about the student loans because we were all hoping that they would be forgiven, and they haven't. Uh, <laughs> I would say that millennials growing up in the generation, am I making a fair assessment? I mean, Greg and Katie, you guys are both I think, millennials. I, I f- think so. And I would mm-hmm. I would also say that our whole industry, sorry to completely divert, but it's it's just getting that sphere of influence, right? So if you're if you're just encouraging and educating your clients on how to pay attention to student loans and how to... Um, be best prepared for it, you know, you're going to have business to come two, three years down the road. It might not be an immediate reward, but it's going to be that long-term effect because they're going to be better prepared. Right. Like you're mm-hmm. mentioning. Uh, before yeah. we go into the news, Katie, where, where are you zooming in from? I'm, I'm in Seaside, Oregon, and it is some beautiful, lovely rain, 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 rain. rain oh, rain. I love rain. <laughs> you're very, you're very um, pixel, yes. you're very pixelated. Yeah, and it looks like you have two big bicycle wheel ears also. I do have bicycle wheel ears. <laughs> I shouldn't be too pixelated, though. <laughs> shouldn't be. Um, okay, well, let's uh, let's do some news. There's a lot of news to go over. Yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, jobs growth, what's, what's that all about? Jobs number for ADP uh, blew away the mark. Continuing strong. But non-farm payrolls missed the mark. But the revisions beat the mark from last month. So quite honestly, I don't know what jobs report to believe. I'm just going to sit in ignorance. I have nothing to add. Literally nothing to add on jobs growth. People need to work if they're going to pay their student loans. Definitely. Uh, National rents were down 0.7% year over year in June. And vacancy rate hit 7.3%. That is really good news to see rents going down. Yeah. That is a precursor to falling inflation. 
falling inflation. Also, foreign buyers have been around 2.3% uh, of the residential buyer pool historically, but year over year, we've seen them down 14%. So international buyers are like, I'm getting out of this market. Uh, CPIs due out tomorrow. Uh, any predictions? What's your predictor say, Katie? CPI going to come in uh, at target below or hot? And nothing will change. <laughs> uh, probably at target. Yeah, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> you putting whiskey in your Kool-Aid again? Okay, don't answer that. Right yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, here's a, here's, here's a really uh, fun one. Uh, Ten mid-sized banks yesterday had their credit downgraded by Moody's. Um, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So we saw trading bonds, uh, bonds and mortgage-backed securities. We're in the green yesterday for my birthday. That's right. I turned 44 years old yesterday. If anybody wants to, if anybody wants to send me a birthday card or chocolates, I'm down for that. Um, but yeah, so 10, 10 mid-sized banks were their credit was downgraded. And a couple of larger regional banks, such as U.S. Bank, Fifth Third, and Citizens Bank, have been put on notice. Ooh. Yeah, they're teetering having their um, their credit downgraded, which kind of makes sense if you think about it, right? U.S. Bank it has been doing sense. locally yeah. has been has been uh, eliminating some jobs and doing what they can to sort of uh, stave that off. Hmm. Hedge, yeah. hedge their bets. Yeah. Uh, CNBC reports that mortgage credit availability sinks to a 10-year low. That's a big deal. Nobody's really talking about that. Katie, do you know what that means? That allow slow. me to explain. No, allow me to explain. Yeah, please, Randy. No, mortgage credit availability, not mortgage applications. Your credit availability, right? Things are getting oh, no, tighter. Things are getting tighter. Uh, construction loans have all but gone away. One-time construction loans are nearly impossible to get. Banks are shutting down their lending avenues um, in, incredibly, right? So with so many banks getting out of the business, those of us who are brokers or lenders, well, we're gobbling up market share. So it's good for us, bad for the industry. Are we seeing certain products go away? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. lots of products going away. Oh. Yeah. Fun. Katie, do you, do you have anything left for us in the news? The last one. Philly Fed President Harker mm -hmm. intimate, intimates. I was trying to. Oh my God! Let me do this for you. You are. Yes, no, I, I would like you to. Philly Fed Pres Harker intimates, right? Eludes that rate hikes are at an end, contradicting what the Fed Governor Bowman said that he expects additional rate rate increases. Uh, dot dot dot. WTF? If we're reading that together. <laughs> Nobody really knows what's going on. It's all going to be data-driven. Um, I'm still sticking by 8%. We haven't hit it yet. It's going to be a slow, cold winter. Uh, those of us that can uh, make it through, we're going to gobble up market share, and we're going to be better because of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Our listeners might be going down in numbers, and that's okay. They'll be back when it's time for a refi boom. Hopefully we're entertaining enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, rates, Stick around. <laughs> rates are almost identical to uh, where they were when we recorded back on July 27th. You know what else is funny? I, I looked up an old um, old script, and we had uh, March 5th was almost identical as well. So we're back to where we were in March. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hey, Very nice. Thanks for joining us. Katie, thanks for setting up uh, Janine with Loan Sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. No errors from our Thank last show. 
think it's a fun one. Good one to look into. And if you guys have any opinions on it, you can message us on Instagram. Watch us on YouTube at the Truth and Lending Podcast. Fantastic. Well, Potato Heads, have a beautiful, beautiful August 9th. And uh, let's all root for CPI to come in nice and cool tomorrow. Let's mm-hmm. see rates get just a little bit better. Yes. Recording stopped.